I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Capital Club Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Adams. Every week, we bring on some of the brightest leaders around the world to discuss issues facing high net worth individuals and family offices today. Hello, and welcome to the Capital Club Podcast. Today, I have with me Jonathan B. Fishbeck. Jonathan is the founder and CEO of Estate Space, the number one leader in financial asset management for the high net worth market. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on today, Brian. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, you're a good sport for bearing with me. The scheduling has been a bit of a challenge, but I'm excited to have you here. We initially met through a mutual friend. You're raising capital for growth and kind of for the firm that we'll get into. But I'm curious, before we get into the current gig, you have an interesting background that I think helps inform what you're doing today in the construction development world, as well as just being what is referred to as a serial entrepreneur, I think, in many instances. So we'd love to get a little bit more background before we dig into the meat of the work that you're doing today. No, great question. Happy to kick us off here, Brian. So uh, as far as my background, educationally, I was a computer scientist. Our family had an IT uh, healthcare company that did a lot of GovCon. So had a lot of technology background going into my professional career where I spent uh, about 16 and a half plus years in construction management. The majority of that was working for high, ultra high net worth individuals, single family offices, doing everything from design build to commissioning and managing. It was during that experience that uh, I also got into owner representative work, working with private client groups at the largest banks and insurance companies to help deploy capital into new projects, primarily residential, also helping with non-financial asset liquidation in order to get capital to then leverage for chief investment officers with these single family offices. So it was kind of all of that rolled together, gave us, you know, myself personally, a very unique background and that bringing all of that together and then 
highly successful uh, last venture, ran into a lot of problems, a lot of disparate technology, a lot of privacy issues with family offices, and realizing that there was a lot of great people. But at the end of the day, it was always a breakdown in communication or a lack of transparency because of, you know, certain factors that always played in. So bringing all that together, that was the genesis for State Space. And, you know, we're excited to be where we are as a company here today, helping just crossing the 100 client mark right now as we speak. So very exciting times. Super exciting. So as an entrepreneur myself, I always think about kind of what problem you're solving, right? And especially if you've, if you're older, no offense to you, but like you've been around for a little while, you understand that you just can't come to market with a product or an offering unless you know that it's a solution set to a challenge. So talk to me about how you identified what this problem is and then how this firm addresses it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think simply put, you know, we looked at the people that we were and we realized that those were the people that we wanted to sell to. So our family has a family office. You know, we did construction management. We did property and estate management, lifestyle fulfillment services. And what we found is that those three personas all had three very common threads. So they all had a lot of assets. They always had a lot of properties and they were always under construction. And so we saw this virtuous circle of family offices and construction firms and property management firms. And we were really able to then say we took a, a kind of a hyper focus in that space and really looked at that upper wealth scale. And we did that because one, that w those were our clients. But more importantly, we really uh, knew that the impact of, of a solution there was going to have economies of scale. So, you know, when it came to, to a state space, we took that kind of same path. So we were the first mobile platform to manage non-financial assets. We then started managing properties and now we're just rolling out our project management suite. And so kind of think of the foundation of problems. Now we have a foundational solution that solves those problems. And the big difference is that we're software as a service. Um, a lot of products that are out there are modular. They're not purpose-built. They're very, very expensive. And they're usually very difficult to understand how to even buy. So we wanted to eliminate all of those things, make it as easy as possible for our clients, because at the end of the day, we, we started this company because we cared about those that we serve, the people that we still serve, and we wanted to help as many people as possible. So, you know, as we start to look at that foundation, now we have things that we need in place to be able to take it to the next level. So 2024 will be all about up-leveling the things that we have, you know, really revolutionize and innovating task management for our clients. And then being able to start to do fun things, you know, our financial management suite, having a marketplace where our clients can have be accredited investors and buy, sell and trade assets. So we launched May 1st of 2022 and we had a lot of success pretty quickly. And one of the things that we made a decision earlier this year that we were going to double down on the clients we had at that time, I think it was like 45 clients and really just listen to them, partner with them and let them tell us what they needed. And so we did that really well. So now, because that works so well, we're tripling down over the next four months and really taking those things to the next level before we get on to feature sets that then further provide capabilities that are beyond anything that they currently have today. Again, at the end of the day, uh, estate space is always meant to be easy, it's meant to be secure, and it's meant to solve problems of those that they serve. So let's start there, kind of the population set you serve Mm -hmm. This ultra high net worth family office ecosystem, I'm fairly familiar with it, but many people are not. I'm 
sure many listeners are saying to themselves, that's a fairly discrete population set to service. Why did you decide to focus on that segmentation? And how has that experience been? Have you found yourself going up market, down market? Do you think you hit your avatar, ideal customer profile correctly? I think we hit the nail on the head there when it came to the family office space. We started there because they had the most complex problems that nobody previous to us could solve. So like when we first did this, you know, I spent a couple of years in research and investigation in the space prior to launching the company. There was other companies that had tried to develop software solutions. When you started to look at the market, they are extremely well served when it comes to financial wealth management software, when it comes to accounting software, um, when it comes to real estate investment software. But Nothing that really solved the problems, if you want to call them behind closed doors, the private operations in which these families ran. And so the software that was out there was solving one of 20 problems. And so Estate Space's thesis was we were going to be a single platform to handle the other 19 things. And then as we're saying, we get that foundation, we get to that point. Now we have the capabilities to start to integrate. And the beautiful thing about Estate Space is that we're you know, we're not an Uber. We're not disrupting an industry. We have a blue ocean of opportunity to bring things together. And estate space, the way that we're built is that, you know, when we do these types of integrations with their accounting systems or their wealth management systems, we're able to just give them the information that we have. So we don't require anything back from those systems, which is a really important point when it comes to, again, the security and privacy that we're able to provide our clients and that ease of use. So let's talk about what the market was before, what the traditional offerings are. So maybe paint us a picture of what you just kind of spoke to high level in terms of your avatar, your ideal customer profile. What do their other residential setups look like? They've got their primary residence and I assume one, two plus other kind of beach home, mountain home, et cetera. How do they manage them today or what, what's the traditional solution set for them? Yeah. So so as far as our clients, when we first started, we were looking at the $250 million and up. Since we've launched, we've found that most of our clients are going to be north of $1 billion in total assets under management. Of that, about 18 to 25% are assets that a state space would manage. They're currently managing those things. We hear this from a lot of our clients. You know, we tried Monday, we tried Workday, we tried Asana, we tried Trello, we tried generic platforms that we thought we could use and, and configure, and they've just struggled with that. So what happens, they all revert back to Excel. So when you start to look at our number one competitor, it's typically you know the status quo and Microsoft Excel. And so we knew that in order to be able to really solve their problems, we had to know what they were really challenged with. So a lot of that investigation, you know, we found that Family offices are something that have become more and more mainstream news, but still maybe not well-known, not easy to find. So when you start to look at, you know, that profile again, you know, they're typically on average between five to 12 staff members. Our, our larger family offices on the single family side, you know, they're upwards of 60 to 80. But then, you know, we also serve multifamily offices because our platform, we have a marketplace of service providers. So we're a great back office solution. All of our providers are vetted at an agency level. So, you know, we can give them the assurance and peace of mind in order to operate. A lot of multifamily offices will have a small lifestyle division, and you can think of them as kind of a tier one help desk for 
you know, the clients that, that they serve within their portfolio. So being able to kind of have a go-to, we found that we can cut down on about 80% of time to request a fulfillment because we already have those really thoughtful partners, you know, ready to go and a click of a button away. But as a business model, it's true that's a finite space when it comes to like total people. But we also, again, are sell- we're serving a high-end construction management firms. So it's typically they're between 25 million to 250 million in annual revenue. And then we're serving property and estate firms, and they're going to be typically between one to 15 million in annual revenue. So that's where we've seen the largest growth. But the great thing about this model is that when we sell to a high-end construction firm, they have on average 40 to 150 clients. They're all ultra high net worth, high net worth individuals. So they're selling to our clients. So we're, you know, being that B2B and focusing on these, those three personas, they're all working with each other. So it was important for us. I think kind of the the challenges that I face as our CEO is making sure that we are kind of steadfast on that focus, right? We have not deviated. Uh, We've only to this point marketed to the single family office space. We're opening that up with our project management suite, but really staying focused on that from a go-to-market perspective, although yes, we could sell to others. That's been probably the biggest challenge that we face because other people, you know, want things from us. But then when it comes to our product as well, making sure that we're still solving the core problems and some of the tangential problems that come from that core and doing that now with our clients. So I think that the coolest part in 2023 for me as a founder is it went from my vision to our vision. And it's that collective we that's been the the real power that's gotten us to where we are. And, you know, that's probably the best choice that I made was kind of, you know, getting out of my own way, if you will, and just really letting our clients uh, continue to hone and, and build the vision in which is a state space. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it ends up being a win-win-win for us, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. I want to zero in on the challenges you all are solving. The software solutions that you offered up kind of as the traditional set, they're all project management for the most part. Yeah. I mean, with different bells and whistles. So if somebody has a rehab going on in their primary residence and then they're building a new home in their mountain residence, etc., is it really just like a project management functionality is the biggest challenge in terms of which subs are on site, when, where the budget is, where the communication with the lender is breaking down? Is it all the logical stuff or the things that we're not even thinking of taking into consideration? Well, so yeah, I'd say it's all the logical stuff, but then we're two, three steps past that. So yes, there's software out there for construction companies that can build a project, but how do they then turn that into a long-term maintenance plan? And that's what a state space does. So we can go from project to property management, or we can go from property to project management. And it's really keeping everything in context. And then the thing that's not out there that we do really well is the asset management and the portfolio of all of those private assets. So being able to understand values. And then that third step beyond is saying, okay, great. Well, we have a lot of expertise in what insurance companies need. So we have all those data points. We're dynamic. So things that we might not have thought of, our clients can use our platform to build out on top of in a simple way. And so I think that, you know, once you start to get to that level now, what we've found is that, you know, again, we mentioned we, we want to partner with all of our clients. And so what we're finding now is that 
you know, we were helping them onboard and activate and ultimately scale with us. But now we're finding that we're like that strategic advisor that's actually partnering at that C and D, D suite level. Because we've run businesses, because we've done this on the other side, we're able to help add value to the companies that we're serving through technology. We're able to help them with understanding how they can lower the costs of, of a property and some of the things that you're just not going to find in you know open source information just because it's accumulation of probably a combined 25 years experience between myself, and our VP of sales and marketing, Jason Shelby, who came with me from our prior venture. And so you know, between the two of us, we we're, we're now actively, you know, providing strategic goals and objectives for our clients and doing it in the exact way that they're thinking. Because again, I'd say, you know, when it comes to, you know, our biggest advantage is that we came out of 15 plus years of service. We did again, that, that array of activities and we have all of this experience. So we understand that whole ecosystem, Brian. Exceptional family offices, family enterprises, wealth management, and financial services organizations require superior leadership to successfully thrive in today's competitive environment. This is why I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Mac International. Mac International is recognized as the premier boutique firm that specializes in providing retained executive search and strategic human capital consulting solutions to single and multi-client family offices family enterprises, and the full spectrum of wealth management advisory, investment management, and financial services firms that serve ultra-high net private investors and family offices on a national and international basis. If you're interested in learning more about Mac International, visit their website at macinternational.com. So I'm curious, you referenced insurance, right? So I would think nobody currently unless they probably come from a construction background as a family, is doing long-term maintenance planning, like CapEx schedules, the deferred maintenance schedules. That's really beyond the comprehension or the sophistication of even large families. So that's really interesting to me. You referenced insurance. I mean, the insurance market is brutal right now, mm-hmm. especially with more and more families moving to Texas, Florida, the wildfire challenges that are happening in the mountain states. What other big trends are you seeing either on the kind of bricks and sticks part of your business or what families are asking for you and needing right now in the market? Yeah. So what we do is when I I had mentioned kind of our, our advanced task management, so you're able to end up curating care logs for a specific asset, whether it be a vehicle, an appliance, anything on the property, um, the property in itself. So that when, when you start to look at insurance, what insurance companies are really looking for is, is there proof of care? Is there documentation? You know, what are those things? And being able to just export reports from a state space and provide that to the agent so that they can then go to bat for you and look to figure out ways to lower the overall premium costs. What we've seen from an overall perspective in the market is our clients are all faced with the same challenges of, you know, California just saw a 100% increase, you know, 18 months ago for policies that was, you know, unannounced, if you will. And so, you know, as challenges continue to arise from a, an environmental perspective, it's really back to doing those little things, doing the basics, and then being able to provide that in a simple way so that you can, you know, maximize the value of your data when it comes to working with your insurance agent. We've also been lucky enough to partner with NFP. And so 
their private client group is able to provide our clients very specific curated policies that may not be out there. They can underwrite themselves. And so we understand that, you know, when it comes to how we're looking at our clients' assets and properties and projects, we're really looking at it from a return on investment on their behalf. Um, What's MFP? Sorry. NFP uh, is just a national insurance company. Okay. Got it. And NFP. Yeah. So, you know, and they have a private client group. So even though we are our marketplace, we are always focusing on partnering with more boutique companies that do something that's very specific and thoughtful for our clients from advisory to technology to insurance, finance, design, build, travel. That, you know, the things that we know that they're looking for and then working even with the larger insurance companies and banks, we partner with the private client groups. And that's the relationships that we carried forward from our last venture and making sure that, you know, the people that that they're reaching out to through our marketplace are people that have served them for at least five to seven years that understand that world and then can provide them with solutions that they would expect and are just automatically kind of tailored to their asks, their wants, their needs. So what is top of mind right now for families in this area? What's the most pressing challenge that they have? Yeah, I mean, I think that what we've seen right now is that our clients are buying more properties at a rate that we've never seen. So an unprecedented rate of of purchase and then an unprecedented rate of construction. So what are they faced with? They're faced with increased costs, right? The cost of everything is is greater than it's ever been. Most projects now you can't really do at that level for any for a fixed firm price because things move so much today with global economies. So as they're doing their projects, as they're building out or up leveling their properties, there we're, we're partnering with them and their and the companies serving them to make sure that we're looking at all right. Let's do the let's do the fifteen things that we know we need to do to maximize you know a lower premium lifetime on this thing. But what are the other five to ten things that we could do on this property that may, it may lend itself well to doing in order to further reduce things? So when it comes to making sure that you have detection systems in place, you know you can see anywhere from a three to seven percent a lowering of your premium if you put in say a Vesta system where you've got that advanced detection. So those are some of the things that we're always, you know, making sure that our clients are aware of and if they have the opportunity to put them in to do so, because, you know, you start to look at three to seven percent on policies that are multiple six figures, you know, the the long term cost on that compounds pretty quickly. So, you know, those are the things we're seeing is really making sure that they've got the right we're giving them the right advice way, way early on in the pre-construction process so that those things can be weighed in. So while we don't provide services, I still have found it difficult to kind of turn that off, if you will. So still bring a lot of the owner rep things to to the table. And then we also have owner reps as partners. So we've been lucky enough to partner with Peak Projects out in California, and they're a national owner rep firm, uh, Reese Contracting in New York, that provides services in New York and LA. And and then we're also partnering with people and then cross-partnering. So they work together. And so this way, when our clients come to us and they might need everything from design to build and owner rep services, they could go to our marketplace and get three of the best in the world and know that we're going to be considering those things, their lifestyle, the real needs of the project to help reduce costs, to help lower maintenance costs. So many times I think our clients are faced with not doing that well 
and then building things into a corner where they can't access something without cutting drywall. Like that, you know, I mean, it's a simple example that I think everybody can comprehend and understand and has probably experienced in our space. And so it's doing those types of things in addition to, you know, just getting good advice, you know, really, really early on in the process. And that's one of the things that I really love about all of our partners is that they have the experience to be able to do that really well for those that, that we all serve. Yeah. Somebody who we built our house about five years ago and it's nightmare stuff. And it is across the board. Everyone I talk to who's done that, regardless of location or size and scope, it's pretty brutal. And the insurance market, like you referenced, we have a generator, we have the automatic water shutoff valve, all of the bells and whistles because insurance premiums just keep going up. And I think it's only going to go in one direction. And so it's really what I think is interesting, you're this kind of risk mitigation right? You're part of this overall liability conversation that families need to be having. You're occupying kind of a, a part of the portfolio, but it's within this broader context of, of risk management, which is, which is really crucial. What's next for you all? You are raising now, I mean, I'm not sure when this episode is going to be released, but you're raising growth capital. You're rolling out an AI initiative as well. What, what's next for you guys? Yeah. So I, I would say to kind of put a bow tie on the risk, management part of it. That's exactly what we're doing. So you, you nailed that, right? I'm always mitigating risks for us, for, for our clients, for our partners. But one of the one of the neat things that and why we chose NFP as a partner is that as we get economies of scale with our clients, once we get to 25 families that want to opt in, we're going to actually be able to create a state space unique policies and premiums for our clients that are going to beat everything that's available on the market because they're in a state-based client. So your um, own risk pool, basically? Our own yeah. risk pool, smart. yeah. Very so smart. So that, that, yeah. that's exciting for us. You know, we hope to realize that sometime in the latter part of 2024. But yeah, I mean, that again, when we talk about kind of the thought that we're putting in, we're not just, we're not finding you, you know, your average everyday vendor. We're finding you partners that can come and really have an positive economic impact. At the end of the day, we want to reduce costs, give you back time and enhance your net worth. And so that's always kind of the three lenses that we're looking through. But yeah, as far as where we are today, yes, we're, we're wrapping up around right now. It was part growth and part, you know, we've been bootstrapped as a company. So our, our family office founded the business and we're looking to diversify that a little bit. So we've been able to do that well. We're at the tail end of, of a $4 million raise that we should have wrapped up anywhere in the next two to four weeks. And then that that's exciting for us. That gives us unlimited runway. We're scaling, as we mentioned. So we're hitting our first hundred here in December and we'll go, you know, into the hundreds next year. And as far as product goes, we yes, we have an AI initiative, you know, with everything that's come out. We actually have a really unique approach. Just uh, gave a talk on this last week to other founders. But instead of just, uh, you know, looking to put a wrapper around, you know, chat GPT or open AI, we're actually building a product, Lily, that'll, that'll be our client's virtual assistant. And what's great about that is it'll be using their data. She will be able to learn uh, from them and then autonomize their information to basically we're creating a product within our platform that will start by giving away for six months, you know, rapidly letting her learn as much as possible. But then our, all of our clients um, will be able to benefit from the other clients that are using it, again, in a way that's autonomous that keeps their, you know, their, their information private, but lets them find out who might be the best person in their area based on what other people have done. And so, you know, we'll be rounding out next year with our financial management suite. So 
that's going to be exciting for us where we're able to, you know, we, we plan to be the first company in the world to be able to take project level costs and roll those back up to a chart of accounts and bring that to a more of a corporate budget. And then that will be the point in which we'll be able to integrate and streamline all of our property project and asset maintenance financials back out to a QuickBooks Online, a Sage Intact and really become a controller's dream and get rid of some of the manual pieces that are going to be that are that are there today. And for us, it's it's really just all about, you know, keep, keeping focus, you know, on our clients, making sure that, we, you know, we, we stay on our product roadmap. One of the things that we're most thrilled about is that we continue to have the right plan for our clients. So not much is going to change next year. We'll do a lot of integrations just to make everything easier from calendaring and scheduling, as I mentioned you know, to finance and, and accounting. So that's going to set us up for what will probably be a series A round, another round of growth capital to ultimately reach the, the, the finish line and the end vision that we have for this company and just help us, you know, get more done faster and kind of bring what I have is about a three and a half year timeline back to a two to two and a half year timeline here for the company. So really excited to, you know, continue to just keep hitting milestones here, Brian. Yeah, that's great. Congrats. I know it's a ton of work. And it seems like when you said a controller's dream, anytime you're bringing a solution set to a marketplace that you really understand, that you can be empathetic to, and you have a niche kind of offering, and you stay within your lanes, I think it's an exciting product. So best of luck with it. I'm curious if people listening are uh, an entrepreneur themselves or contemplating going on that journey, Broadly speaking, lessons learned, mistakes you've made, things you would highlight, what advice would you give to that audience? Yeah, so a uh, great question. My, my number one piece of advice to any uh, entrepreneur out there is to make sure that you get a good advisor, been there and done that in whatever space you're looking to go into. You know, when it comes to technology, I think the next piece of advice is that you really should go out and do a lot of research, make sure that you understand what it is you're trying to solve. Even myself coming from the service business, there was still a transition for me to go from tech to service and then back to technology. So there was a little bit of a learning curve there. But the thing that we did best as a company is that we got something to market as fast as possible. Our alpha product, you'll never see it online. There's only images and uh, you know, a hidden file in a vault within our company. Like it was just to get something out there to get feedback. Our beta was 80% closer. And when we finally launched our commercial product a year later, it was what was needed in the marketplace. And we've been able to you know, do a really good job of capitalizing on the opportunity. So we're a little bit different. I think you see a lot of technology that's solving a singular problem, but that was a challenge that we faced. There's great software out there, as you mentioned, that does the 19, 20 things that we needed to do, but they're all disparate. And so, you know, you start dealing with IT departments and security requirements, and it just became this huge snowball of, we're just not going to do it. We'll just, you know, continue to use Excel and do the same things we've been doing. So I think if, if you know what the problem is and you know how to solve it, definitely stay focused on the problem. And then the future and the the evolution of your product will come through clients. So the third thing is to just listen to your clients, do that well, and then come back with a thoughtful response and get confirmation before you build anything. And that, that'll help you be capital efficient as a founder, you know, getting into tech. Well, Jonathan, best of luck. If people are interested in learning more about the firm, connecting with you, what's the best way for them to learn more? 
Yeah, no, that's great. So you can just go to estatespace.com to find us and reach out. I'm Jonathan Fishbeck on LinkedIn. So I encourage anyone that's listening to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect and uh, have a real conversation and see how I can help in any way. Always happy to do so, Brian. So for our listeners, please do leave us a review and a rating. Let us know your favorite part of the conversation. Jonathan, a question we ask everyone that comes on the show, do you have a daily practice that helps bring peace to your life? Yep. So every day I wake up, faith is my number one core value. So uh, I, I speak to God and, you know, make sure that my day is aligned properly. And uh, I know that no day that I ever plan goes as planned. So I stick to my core values and, you know, and I make sure that I check in in the morning. So, you know, my goal is to have a good day and have a great week and just do that over and over again, Brian. I love it. Thank you for sharing. And we've had to change this scheduling a couple of times. So that definitely shows through in your actions. You are go with the flow, which is great, especially as an entrepreneur. So keep going with that. Well, thank you for joining us. Best of luck with the raise and the AI rollout and everything else moving forward. And I'm sure our listeners will get a huge amount of value out of this. So thank you for coming on the show. Awesome, Brian. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>